Proverbs chapter 20 and verse number 15. When you have it, shout amen. I read today in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, and the word of the Lord says this so. There is gold and a multitude of rubies, but the lips of knowledge are a precious jewel. Mm, I want to read that one more time. There is gold and a multitude of rubies, but the lips of knowledge are a precious jewel. If you read it in the NIV, I think it puts it into uh, a better context for us. In the NIV, it says there is gold and a multitude of rubies, but the lips of knowledge are a rare, are a rare jewel. Rare. Amen. So I want to talk to you for a little while under the subject, the rarest jewel. The rarest jewel. Amen. Let's go to the Lord of Prayer. Father God, we come before you and we ask you, Lord God, to minister in this house. Look at every heart and every mind that's here, Lord God. You knew who would be here on tonight. So minister a direct word unto your people and let your people leave this place today edified and uplifted by the power of that spoken word. And we give you the credit, Father God, all the honor, all the glory for it right now in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen and amen. Now, let me just begin by saying this. If we just took the second part of that verse where it says the lips of knowledge are a precious jewel, we might conclude that what the proverb is saying is that, watch this, knowledge is uh, so valuable that its value is what you need in order to obtain riches. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That knowledge will give you what you need for you to be able to attain riches. Now, there is truth to that statement. The question is, is that what the author is trying to say to us today in context, let me read you another scripture, and for the sake of time, I'm just going to read it for you. It's Proverbs 24, 3 and 6. You guys can put it up there if you want to, but I'm just going to go ahead and read it. Proverbs 24, 3 and 6 says, by wisdom, a house is built. Ooh. By wisdom, a house is built, and by understanding, it is established. By knowledge, the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. See, so that, 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 that helps us to understand that, yes, if you have wisdom, you don't have to ask for money. If you have wisdom, you can attain money. Watch the rest of this. A wise man is mightier than a strong man. Mm. A wise man is mightier than a strong man and a man of knowledge than he who has strength. For by wise guidance, you can wage your war. And in an abundance of counselors, there is victory. Ooh. In other words, watch this. Brains are better than brawn when it comes to waging war. And when it comes to filling a house with riches. Are you with me so far in this place? Uh, David killed... A giant named Goliath, not with muscle, but with wisdom. Are you hearing what I'm saying? David didn't say, I'm going to go against the giant and I'm going to stand there in front of him toe to toe and we're going to go blow for blow. That's not what he did. He said, I know I ain't. I ain't. <laughs> he, David was small. The giant was big. David kept his distance. And then he threw a rock at him that hit the giant in the head. And the giant fell forward. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so watch this. That's, that's deeper than you think. Because at the end of the day, when you really look at it from a spiritual perspective, that rock is the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you know anything about the Lord Jesus Christ, he also is the word. And so what David was throwing and what you need to throw or what you need to release is God's word. And that word has the power to penetrate the mind. You don't hear me. The hardest, the biggest, the toughest mind and cause them to fall face first in worship the God that you serve. Are you hearing what I'm saying in here? Somebody shout wisdom. So watch this. It is a fact 
that if you attain knowledge, and listen, when I say knowledge, I want you to understand that in this particular text, the author who is Solomon is using wisdom and knowledge interchangeably. Normally, knowledge is just information, and wisdom is your ability to apply that information you have. But in this text, it says the lips of knowledge. Are you following what I'm saying? So what he's doing is he's using knowledge and wisdom interchangeably. So I just want you to, to, to know that. But watch this. If we just took the latter part of the verse, yes, it is safe to say that wisdom can get somebody wealth. Amen? But that's not what this text is saying. And so you have to read the whole thing to really understand what the text is saying because it says in the beginning of that verse. Can we put that opening verse back up here? Um, there is gold. Listen to the contrast. There is gold and a multitude of rubies, but the lips of knowledge are a precious jewel. If all he wanted to let us know was that if you had knowledge, you could get wealth, he would have not contrasted it with the fact that there is gold and a multitude of rubies. So what the, the author is saying in context is that, watch this, the lips of knowledge is so valuable that it surpasses gold and silver. That the value of the lips of knowledge surpasses, is greater than the value of gold and silver. Oh, God, that's powerful. Amen? Wow. Let me, let, me, let me put some substance of that so you can understand it. Proverbs 3 and 13. Proverbs 3 and 13 through 18 says this. Happy is the man who finds wisdom. We covered that last week. And the man who gets understanding, watch this, for the gain from it is better than the gain from silver, and its profit is better than gold. She is more precious, talking about wisdom, than jewels, and nothing you desire can compare to her. Nothing you desire can compare to the value of wisdom. And you think about those things that you can desire, and that many people do desire. The author here is saying they do not compare. They don't even come close. Amen, somebody. So watch this. The lips of knowledge are valuable. Watch this. Not just because they multiply riches, but watch this. There is a gain, but it is better than gold and silver. It is better than gold and silver. We learned last week, hallelujah, that wisdom is the principal thing. And the challenge is that we are to find it, which means we should be on a search. We should be on a quest. We should be uh, doing everything we can and bending over backwards to acquire more wisdom today than we had yesterday. Amen, somebody. Solomon is saying it is the rarest jewel wisdom. Amen, somebody. So I want to encourage you today. I don't, I'm going to try not to be before you long, but hallelujah, I've said that before. Put my first point up on the screen very quickly. Hallelujah. I want to challenge you, especially this Thanksgiving. Watch this, to do this, to celebrate the rare jewels God has placed in your life. To celebrate the rare jewels. And when I say rare jewels, I'm talking about those lips of knowledge that God has put or placed in your life, the people that God has surrounded you with, hallelujah, that are spoken words of life to you. Oh, God, I got one amen right there, hallelujah. Because here's what happens. A lot of people have this attitude that says, you know, and some of us, we, if we're not careful, we can get a little pseudo-spiritual. Yeah, those, those those, just in case you don't know who that is, those are they that floated into church today. You didn't walk in like everybody else. You just floated in. Amen? But, watch this. And we can de develop this attitude that says, you know what? I don't need nobody but God and the Holy Ghost. I don't need, I don't, I don't need nobody because I'm not putting my trust in man. And, and, and the words of man are like a rusty nail. And the words of God are precious. So I don't need no man, I just need God and the Holy Ghost. But here's, here's the reality. God uses people. I said God always uses 
people. And it was God's intention, watch this, for people to grow in knowledge and in wisdom by listening to teachings that come from him, but through humans. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Oh, God, have mercy in this place. Listen, if you know, I ain't got time to go there, but if you ever read Ephesians chapter 4 and 11, the Bible says that when Jesus ascended, when Jesus went up unto heaven, he gave gifts unto men. And part of those gifts, when you read Ephesians 4, 11, 12 and onward, were, watch this, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Those were part of the gifts. They were individuals that God was going to give to the church that were going to serve the church. Watch this when you read it carefully for edification purposes. In other words, God was going to use these individuals to speak words of life that were going to build God's people up. And so you could sit there and determine, I don't need nobody but God, but I'm going to submit to you. Hallelujah. You need people. And it was God's intention from the very beginning to use people to be a blessing unto you. Now, I don't know about you, but I thank God for some of the lips of knowledge that he has placed in my life. People that God used when I didn't have a lot of knowledge. When I was a baby Christian, hallelujah, and I could have I been, uh, I could have swerved or, or I could have went this way or I could have went that way, hallelujah. I could have been led into confusion, hallelujah, because I didn't have a lot of knowledge. But God put specific people in my life, hallelujah, that trained me and discipled me, hallelujah, and gave me the word of God. And watch this, they expanded my understanding. They made the scriptures make sense to me. And God used them in a mighty way, and for them, I am tremendously grateful. I am grateful for literature from amazing books that I have read, from amazing men that have been used of God in a mighty way, from recent books to books from the third century, hallelujah, uh, where God used famous reformers, hallelujah, to minister and to do exploits for the kingdom of God. I am grateful, grateful, hallelujah. For the lips of knowledge that I have been able to glean from, hallelujah. So watch this, I want to encourage you that if God has placed people like that in your life, according to Solomon, they are precious. According to Solomon, they are rare jewels. And you ought to celebrate them. Are you blessed in here? Show me Nehemiah 8 and 8 very quickly. Nehemiah 8 and 8. Let me just put a little more substance under that. So they read in the book of the law, because, you know, we say, ah, I, just, I just need uh, God and the Holy Ghost, and give me the Bible, I don't need nothing else. Watch this now. So they read in the book in the law of God distinctly and gave the sense and caused them to understand. So even in Nehemiah's day, some of the leaders read from the book and watch this, gave the sense of it and caused them to understand. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And that's what God does. He uses people. Hallelujah. Not everybody sees the same thing. There are people who are gifted by God, of course, uh, whether it is by teaching to, to expound on what the text is saying. Have you ever read a verse? And, and, you, and you got, what, you got the, what's on the surface about the text. Then you came to church and God used somebody to expand your understanding of that text. And you were blown away. And you were grateful to receive that revelation. Amen. It's not that they gave you something that was outside of the text. They just pulled the curtain on the text and you saw something now that you didn't really see before but it was there the whole time god will do that hallelujah you could read the same story 20 times hallelujah and god could give you 20 different teachings out of the text amen so you ought to celebrate those people hallelujah glory to god I'm grateful to those people because as I read my Bible and I get my understanding by the Spirit of God of the Word 
And God uses these individuals who has placed in my life and these books, hallelujah, and literature that I've read to just expand my understanding. I go from having a person in my life who has lips of knowledge to having knowledge myself. To having knowledge myself. And that is the challenge. That is the goal to acquire wisdom. Amen. And then after I acquire it, you don't stop there. Now you speak wisdom. And then you become a rare jewel. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Can I submit to you that the rarer the jewel, the more valuable it is? I went on a search, hallelujah, when I, when I first ran into this scripture, I went on a search online, and I just, you know, I, I, you, know you Google. You want to find something now? You just Google. Amen. And so I Googled the rarest jewels, and I got a list of, a, of 10 of the rarest jewels. Amen. And I found in reading that the more rare the jewel was, the more valuable it was. Amen. And so one that was rare or considered somewhat rare could have begun at $1,000 uh, a carat. But then the rarest one was something like $136,000 per carat because it was hard to find. It was uncommon. It was unique. It was in a class by itself. And the author here said, wisdom is the rarest of them all. And nothing can compare to that jewel. My question is, are you giving wisdom that kind of value? If you're in this place, shout glory. Ooh, God have mercy in here. Watch this. Put my second point up there very quickly. The value of knowledge is a matter of life and death. The value of knowledge. This is how imperative or this is how important it is for us to acquire wisdom. And when I say wisdom, I'm talking about the wisdom of God, saints. It is a matter of life and death. Put Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6 up on the screen. Hosea 4 and 6. You guys doing all right? I don't want to preach. I want to teach a little bit. Is that okay? Hosea 4 and 6. Listen to what it says. My people are destroyed. Why? For a lack of knowledge. Because thou has rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest to me, seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God. And I will also forget thy children. Now, when you read that, you're like, whoo, God, that's... Those are some strong, those are some strong words. Listen, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And it's not because there was no knowledge to be had. It was because you have rejected the knowledge of God that was available. You just did not receive it. So he says, because you have rejected my knowledge, you don't want it. You cannot be a priest before me. In other words, you cannot be used as a mediator between God and man because you don't have God's wisdom. And watch this, I'm going to reject your children. And you say, man, that's messed up, God. But here's the deal. He's saying it's because of you. Because you cannot give your children what you don't have. You cannot give your kids that which you don't have. And because you don't have my knowledge, you cannot be my priest. You cannot, you cannot tell the generation about something you do not possess. Are you hearing what I'm saying? My people are destroyed. We destroy ourselves when we reject knowledge. We will find ourselves rejected of God because we have rejected God's word. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And then what will we pass down to our kids? Let me give you another verse to put some substance of that because that's Old Testament. So let me give you New Testament. Put Luke 11.52 on the screen. Luke 11.52 on the screen. Hallelujah, Jesus. Listen to what Jesus is saying here. 
Woe unto you, lawyers, for you have taken away the key of knowledge. You entered not in yourselves, and them that were entering in, you hindered. Let me read it again. Woe unto you, lawyers, for ye have taken away the key of knowledge. You entered not in yourselves, and them that were entering in, you hindered. This is Jesus talking to the scribes and the Pharisees and, and the lawyers of the law, those who, 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 who walk like they had the word of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Jesus said, watch this, listen to what he says. You have taken away the key of knowledge. You have not really understood my word is what God is saying. Hallelujah. You have the concepts, but you lack the precepts. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You have the concept. You have information concerning my word, but you don't have the mind of God in what God intended when he wrote those words. You have concepts, but you lack precepts. And so watch this. Not only are you not entering, you're hindering those that have open hearts and are ready to enter. If you're blessed in here, shout glory. glory. Hallelujah, Jesus. It's a matter of life and death. If you lack the knowledge of God, you can keep people from entering the kingdom of God. Amen, somebody. And I'll even take it a step further, hallelujah, for those of, those of us who are in the kingdom. You can... Watch this. You can have the promises of God in your Bible that are given to you by God and yet never walk in them. You can actually have something and not walk in it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Oh, boy. Let me give you my last point. I'm going to land this plane, but I'm going to hang my nail right here on this last point, okay? Put it up there on the screen very quickly. Idle words keep us from walking in the promises of God. Idle words keep us from walking in the promises of God. Put, put Numbers 20 and 8 up on the screen. Numbers 20 and 8. Hallelujah, Jesus. Numbers 20 and 8. I'm almost done giving you scripture. Watch this. Hallelujah. This is God talking to Moses. Now understand that Moses is the leader of the people of Israel. He is a leader. He is a man of God. He is a prophet. Watch this. Take the rod and gather thou the assembly together, thou and Aaron thy brother, and speak ye unto the rock before their eyes, and it shall give forth his water, and thou shalt bring forth to them water out of the rock, so thou shalt give the congregation and their beasts to drink. Hallelujah. God gives Moses a command. He tells him, Moses, go and gather the people together. When you gather the people together... Speak to the rock, speak to the rock, and the rock will release water. That's pretty amazing, right? Now, if you know the story like I do, this is actually the second time that God is doing something with the rock. The first time, he gave the command to Moses before the people, and he said, hit the rock, hit the rock. But this is the second time, and the second time he gives Moses a different command. And he says, Moses, I want you to speak to the rock. He didn't say hit the rock. He says, speak to the rock. But how many of you know the rest of this story? The rest of the story goes on to say that Moses, watch this, gathered the people. And then rather than speaking to the rock, he speaks to the people. God never told him to speak to the people. He told him to gather the people. Now, he may have had to say something to the people in order to gather them. But then he said, speak to the rock. But Moses said, I'll get to the rock when I get there. I got to deal with these people. Because the people, watch this, frustrated Moses. If you were at our men's meeting, where the men at? We talked a little bit about frustration, hallelujah. But I'm going to go another route now. Watch this. He said, speak to the rock. But Moses was upset with the people. Have you ever been upset with people? Y'all not going to tell the truth in church. Wow, hallelujah. Yeah. Upset with the people he was leading because he's trying to get them to a promised land and they are fighting him the whole way. 
And you, this is what you have to understand. The first time he, God told him, hit the rock, the people were murmuring and complaining. And, and Moses dealt with the people. Amen. Uh, maybe he was a little younger then and had a little more patience. You know how it is. We get a little older and our patience seems to... Seems to hallelujah. But this is the second time. And watch this. They, these are the children of the prior generation who died in the wilderness. And watch this. Now... They're acting up. And they're acting up because their parents were acting up. <laughs> because kids will do what they see. You're not saying nothing. I said they will do what they see. And so now they're acting up and Moses has had it. Moses is done. Moses said, I'm frustrated. I'm upset. And watch this. When you are frustrated and you are upset... You hear incorrectly. <laughs> when you are frustrated and upset, you hear what you want to hear. Not exactly what was said. And Mo God clearly said, speak to the rock. But Moses goes over there and starts talking to the people. He never told him to talk to the people. Starts talking to the people. Starts yelling at them. You read the rest of the story. He called them rebels. You bunch of rebels. You think that we're just going to stand up here and give you water? He got so upset that God was going to bless this bunch of rebels. What do you do when God blesses somebody you're mad at? What do you do when God decides, I'm going to bless those that you're mad at? And God is looking to use you to be the conduit by which to bless them. And you don't think they deserve it. I don't have to say nothing. Isn't that something? It's almost like Moses forgot that he was a murderer who killed an Egyptian. And yet God still decided, I'm going to use you and give you what you didn't deserve. And now I'm asking you to give them what they don't deserve. And you're going to stand there and act like you forgot what God delivered you from and be the judge of everybody else. Ooh, God. Stay with me. Stay with me. I'm going somewhere. Stay with me. So, so Moses gets upset. Rather than speaking to the rock, he speaks to the people. He lets them have it. And then he hits the rock twice. I wondered, because I'm curious, why twice? And I thought to myself, maybe twice because the first time he hit it, Nothing happened. The last time it did, but this time God didn't say to hit the rock. So he hit it the first time and nothing happened. And could you imagine Moses? Uh... And so he hits it again. And this is the thing I love about God. Because God could have easily just said the water ain't going to flow. But you're still my man. And so I'm not going to let you look bad as my leader as my appointed leader in front of the people. So despite you, I'm going to let the water flow because I want to bless my people. Woo, God, have mercy in this place. Hallelujah. Yeah, that's worthy of a praise right there. That's the God that you serve. Amen. Wow. So watch this. Speak to the rock. Give the people to drink. Speak to the rock. Feed the people. Don't go and take your frustration out on the people you're responsible for. And speak to the rock who can handle your frustration. Mm. Speak to who is the rock? I need somebody to help me in here. 
The Bible in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 tells us clearly, watch this, that they all drank from that spiritual rock in the wilderness, and that rock was Christ. Are you hearing what I'm saying, church? That rock was Jesus. So watch this. Rather than taking your frustration and venting out on the people you love, take your frustration to the rock. Take your frustration to Jesus. God, God was telling him, your solution is in the rock. Talk to the rock and watch the water flow. But he didn't speak to the rock. He spoke to the people and only watched his problem enlarge. What are you doing with your frustration? Are you lashing out and venting your frustrations on the people that are near and dear to you who you're supposed to love and lead rather than bringing them to the rock? Oh, God, and I, listen, oh, my God, I could, I, could, I could go several ways with this text right here because God was hard on Moses and told Moses, watch, I just said, I ain't lost. Idle words will keep us from entering God's promises. Moses was not allowed to go into the promised land because of this mistake. And you might think to yourself, well, I don't even understand that because God let him kill a man. He killed somebody. God forgave him and used him. And so here all he did was, you know, lose his cool. <laughs> he had a meltdown. Have you ever had one? I got one. Per Jesus, have mercy. Can I? Young people, somebody help me out here tonight. He had a meltdown. He lost it. He flipped out on the people that he was leading. The people were grumbling about the leader, and the leader started grumbling about the people. God have mercy in here. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And God said, because of what you have done, you ain't going. You're, listen, listen, he called them rebellious. And we can argue, did Moses have a right to be upset at the people? Oh, yeah, he did. They were driving him crazy. And, and there are people that can do that. <laughs> right? But that did not give him the right to disobey what God told him to do. But it's deeper than that, saints. And I wish I had the time. I would tell you that God was using Moses, his leader, watch this, uh, in the scriptures to give us a typology of the life of Christ. Because Christ was that rock. And watch this, that rock was going to be hit one time. Smitten of God once. Crucified was going to suffer once. Was going to die once. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And from the Son of God being smitten, we were going to receive a refreshing. That was the type, the typology God was using Moses to illustrate. But when Moses hit the rock again, he ruined God's typology. Oh, you don't hear what I'm saying. Because he was saying that the rock being smitten the first time was not enough. Are you in this place, church? And God said, you done messed up now. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Jesus Christ died once, and he ain't dying no more. Are you hearing what I'm saying, church? Oh, if you're blessed, shout glory. I said, idle words keep you from walking in the promises of God. Do you even know what idle words are? Do you know what an idle word is? Because some of you are thinking, oh, that's just cussing, right? We're not supposed to cuss. Amen? Well, cussing could be an idle word, but it's deeper than that. Moses didn't cuss at them. Moses called them rebels. But rebel was an idle word. Oh, boy. It's getting quiet in here. 
Matthew 12, and I'm, I'm going to do this for the sake of time because I'm running out of time. Matthew 12, 36 says that we will give an account. This is Jesus speaking. We will give an account for every idle word that comes out of our mouth. You better hear this preacher. The text says we will give an account unto God. Even us that are going to heaven are going to give an account unto God for every idle word that comes out of our mouth. In other words, God is hearing and keeping a record of everything you say. God is so amazing. You know, we hear something, we can forget it in three days. God is going to have us give an account to every idle word that comes out of can I, can, I, can I talk real in here? Can I say it like I feel it? I'm amazed at how many idle words I see on social media. I'm amazed at how many people will take social media like Facebook, hallelujah, just to release idle words, to become frustrated like Moses and just vent on social media for others to hear it. And what you don't understand is that while you are releasing idle words, you are simultaneously stopping your own progression. Because idle words will keep you from walking in the promises of God. So it matters what you say. That's why the lips of wisdom are so rare. Are you hearing what I'm saying, church? Let me give you the definition of idol in the Hebrew when Jesus used it. Jesus said, you're going to give an account for every idle word. And in the Hebrew, hallelujah, it, it is, watch this, a negative particle. And it means inactive, unemployed, lazy, useless, barren, and slow. Idle words are words, watch this now, that are inactive, unproductive, unemployed. I like that one. I'm going to break that one down. Unemployed. Lazy by implication. Useless and barren. And I see them all the time. Oh, God. You know, some people just talk too much. <laughs> so, anybody know somebody? The danger of talking too much is that oftentimes your own words will get you in trouble. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm so grateful that in eternity, there is no time. Because I would hate to be next in line after the person <laughs> who talks too much and they're giving their account unto God of all the words that they have said. If there was time in heaven, I'd have been there like, I might just be one of them. Let me, Because I could go too. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But I'm just grateful that in heaven, in eternity, there is no time. So, it, next. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Hallelujah. You know, some people have this attitude that says, you don't understand, Pastor, I got to speak my mind. I got to speak my mind. Now, I'm going to speak my mind. No. Let me help you in here. No. There are things that happen in your mind. This should not be happening in your mouth. Y'all not saying nothing in here. There are things that happen up here that should never, never. Are you sitting there going, but isn't that like kind of hypocritical because you thought it? No, the Bible lets you know what to do with those thoughts. The Bible says, hallelujah, that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God. For the pulling down of strongholds. And the casting down of imaginations and every high thing that would exalt itself 
against the knowledge of God. And then it tells us to take those thoughts into captivity, into the captivity of Jesus Christ. In other words, arrest it and get rid of it. You're going to have bad thoughts. You know, sit here and be cute. You're going to have bad thoughts. You're going to be in church, and it's going to be the third song in the worship service, and your hand's going to be up, and boom! I wish I had a real person in the house today. And a bad thought will come into your head. You'll be like, when the, where in the world did that come from? Sometimes it doesn't even come from you. It's a dart from the enemy. I said sometimes it's not even your thought. You were, you were wondering where that thought came from, and it's a dart. That's why you got to have the helmet of salvation on. It's a dart that comes into your mind. And you got to know what to do with that thought at that moment. But there are some things that happen here that should never, never happen here. Idle, unemployed is the opposite of employed. Unproductive, the opposite of productive. Inactive, the opposite of active. These are, watch this, all work-related terminologies. Your words are supposed to be working for you. I employ my words. Or you, I employ my words to work for me. When I speak, my words should be productive. They should be active. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If your words are non-productive, inactive, lazy, in other words, they do not edify. They need to edify, which means to build up. And if they're not building up, they're not just slowing the recipient down, they're slowing you down. God told Moses, speak to the rock. The solution is in the rock. Speak to the rock and watch the water flow. He spoke, he spoke to the people because I got to let them know. That I'm frustrated. And they're the people that you're supposed to be leading. You don't vent and yell at her and the kids. You go to the rock. I'm not saying nothing in here. You go to the rock. The solution is in the rock. I got, I got five minutes. Somebody shout, you could do it. I'm just checking to see if there's faith in the room. <laughs> oh, God. So we have to start to understand now that God says every lazy, idle, useless, unemployed, inactive word that we speak will have to give an account for. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You don't go on. Can I help you in here? You don't go on Facebook to vent. You don't go on Facebook to let everybody know how frustrated you are. You don't go on social media to vent because you need people to know that you're mad at somebody. The devil is a liar. You are slowing your own progress down. If they ain't words that are productive, let me help you in here. Keep them to yourself. Because it's your future that's at stake. The power of life and death is in the tongue. Just because it's in a wet place don't mean it's allowed to slip. It's true. You are hung by the tongue. Let me give you the Bible. Snared by the words of your mouth. Trapped by your own words and held captive so that you can't progress. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to get halfway. 
and then not make it to the promised place. And I'm not talking about not making it to heaven. Let me help you in here. The promised land is not a picture of heaven. Because when they get to the promised land, there's still battles to fight. And there was still t- territory that needed to be conquered. When I say the promised land, I'm talking about the promises of God. The blessing of God. You might make it to heaven by the skin of your teeth, but you won't be blessed on the earth. Can I be real in here today? I'm trying to teach a little bit. Got three minutes left. Hallelujah. God said in Numbers 14 and 28, watch this, that whatever I hear you say, that is what I will do to you. Whatever I hear you say, you hear people preach it all the time, you will have what you say. I like the way the NIV put it. Whatever I hear you say, that's what I will do to you. So, so, so if you're calling them, oh God, help me in here. If you're speaking words that are negative, if you're speaking words that are lazy, idle words, non-productive words, that's what you're going to get. You prophesy over your own life with your own words. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God, have mercy in here. Put Mark 11.23 up on the screen and I'll try to land this plane because I got two minutes. We're going to have to continue next week because I got some stuff that I really wanted to get into, but I'm not going to be able to get into it, but it's okay. Amen? Watch this. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatever he saith. That's a powerful scripture right there. I mean, that is very powerful. I, I ain't got time to read the whole story, but if we looked at it in context, before he says this, they are walking and they pass by a fig tree. And when they pass by the fig tree, Jesus goes to the fig tree uh, presuming that it's going to have fruit. Uh, if you know anything about fig trees, Fig trees give fruit before they give leaves. Most trees give leaves first, then fruit. Fig trees give fruit, then leaves. Jesus saw that it, had, it was full of foliage and presumed it has fruit. Went to the tree, it didn't have fruit. Jesus cursed it. And then they walked away. But he did it, watch this, so that the disciples could hear it. Because he's teaching. He's always teaching. And so he walks away. And then they come back, and Peter notices on the way back, guys, look, the tree is withered. It's withered, and it has died. Now, I, oh God, I'm going to go back to that in a minute, but I just want to submit to you that Jesus is teaching them an object lesson on the spiritual law of spoken words. Are you hearing me? A mountain is symbolic to an obstacle. A situation, trouble, it could be uh, emotional, it could be physical, are you hearing me? It could be relational, it is an obstacle. And Jesus said, your mountain needs to hear your voice. I know that you're praying, God move it, God take it away, but listen to what he's saying. You speak to it. You, your mountain is waiting to hear your voice. It may not move when it hears somebody else's voice. It's waiting to hear your voice. Are you in this place? God told Moses in Numbers that the rock would obey his word. What is a mountain but a big rock? The rock will obey you when you speak to it. God, help me in here. Speak to the mountain. Speak to the the rock. Listen, 2 Peter 1 and 8 says this, For if these things be in you, and I'm talking about the wisdom of God, and abound, they make, watch this, that you shall never be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Greek word for idol, I gave you the Hebrew, the Greek word for idol is barren, unfruitful, 
which is pretty much the same as unproductive. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Hallelujah, Jesus. And it's synonymous with being unfruitful. Jesus cursed the fig tree because it was unfruitful. Are you hearing me? That fig tree is deeper than you think. It's not just because it didn't have fruit. It was a picture of Israel. I gave my word to Israel. And they bore no fruit with it. Are you hearing me? They were unproductive. And that's why you have to turn to the Gentile. But he's not done with them. Amen. If you look at the previous verse in 2 Peter, it says, watch this, verse 4, whereby are given unto us exceeding great precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Listen to what it says. Exceeding great precious promises. Exceeding great precious promises. When the Bible is talking about the promised land, that's what it's talking about. Exceeding and great, precious promised land. I gave them to Moses. I gave them to my people. But what did they do? They started grumbling and complaining. And so they did not enter in because of their idle words. They were not words of progression. They were not fruitful. They were not productive. They were lazy, unemployed words that were not working for them. If your words are not working for you, chances are they're working against you and will stop you from progressing. If you're blessed in here, shout glory. They get to the promised land. And there's giants in the land. And there's always going to be a giant sitting on your promise to try to intimidate you, to keep you from going in. And 10 out of the 12 spies that went in said, there's giants in the land. We cannot go in. Those are idle words. But two of them said, God has given us this land and those giants are bred for us. And you know who went in eventually? The two and the next generation. All those that were 20 and younger, Joshua and Caleb, they went in because they didn't allow idle words from keeping them from going and walking into the promises of God. Are you blessed in here? Give God a hand clap in this place.